0: Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. But the affair happened in like 2006, right? Yeah. His yeah. his right wife had just had their son. Um, so this was a man who was in need and in order to fulfill his, oh needs, wow! He oh, that's where you went Stormy with that. Daniels. I really thought oh, never send booze again. I really thought like wrong? this is a man that was a joke. who
1: really made a more. Like, that, no, no. that was a joke.
0: that was a joke. By
1: I the made. way, that's that is most. Impression. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say to
2: all of you listening out there, one person in particular,
1: Camille just had a baby.
3: <laughs> we, we, we know of new methods of attack.
1: Approaching.
0: Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves... Uh, I am Camille Foster. I do various things at a place called Freethink. Um, I'm delighted to be here with you today. I'm also delighted to be back in the room with Matt Welch, editor-at-large of Reason Magazine, and Michael C. Moynihan, national correspondent for HBO's Vice News tonight. Shout out to Anthony Fisher, who is uh, also in the building on the mic. This is, it feels good He's to have everyone You, you around.
2: came in, it was such... Energy. Today. I, did I? Such verve. I like it. Good. Such amphetamine salts. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was like a, <laughs> I, I guess you're happy that we're all here. I am happy. It's not a pharmacological thing only. It, it, that's probably only. not exclusively. Not, not exclusively. Is this the second
3: time we've been in the same room in this like two year? months. It's, been, yeah. it's, it's been, been a while. It's been Where a while. This is my fault. You Where were on the road been? for
0: two and a half weeks or uh, something? I
3: was uh, last week. Uh, Reason on, on uh, taping day had. Um, uh, the first of what's going to be a whole bunch of uh, 50th anniversary parties because Reason was born in 1968, as all great things uh, were. Oh. Uh, and uh, so we had it in uh, D.C. and actually met a lot of uh, fifth uh, column fans there, including people who have given us great. the boozes over over time. Uh, and And then the next day was uh, Liberty Con, which is the rebranded uh, international students for liberty thing. And I uh, met a whole bunch of more uh, fifth fans uh, there as well. So I was out of pocket for uh are they still the having kids.
0: that on uh valentine's day liberty con uh they were doing that for a little
2: while uh, is, <laughs> no. you just, know what it overlapped for nobody <laughs> there was nobody that was like oh is, i had plans this tonight. isn't true i was i, I was really there <laughs> i was there when you had one a year. ton I was, <laughs> of plans i was there one year speaking <laughs> with and, my von mises blow-up doll and was, I, we were gonna
3: oh see God. the brian kaplan lecture <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was.
0: <laughs> my wife was very upset with me the year that I went um, and had to be there. Like, this is literally
2: not a was. problem anyone else there had. I don't. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> oh, I ain't got no disses. Yeah, I got a ton of. Disses. Um, and, yeah, we get, we got uh, we, uh, the booze is great that people uh, send that and they keep sending it and we have some now. Yeah, uh, well, where did this come from? Oh, taster. by the way, we we came in talking before we started recording. We were talking about crypto for reasons that we'll explain um, maybe in, later. But, and you are asking about mining. Right, and was, so. Sorry, mining. But I want to say this, is that um, because we have so many uh, listeners who are in that universe, oh. um, instead of sending booze, somebody s- send me some crypto. I don't own any. That's not. That's not a what bad idea It's Ethereum? not a bad idea. Everyone want, send like, I, I'm like, I'm into Ethereum a little bit. I mean, I re- I know a lot about it. I just don't own any of it. What crazy shit is John McAfee uh, into these days? I don't, I, you, I don't know. Murder. John murder, murder coin. <laughs> <laughs> John McAfee is getting promoting. away. OJ coin. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's just a coin you spend after you kill people and get away with it. <laughs> what about? hasn't been proven by the way shit, it has um, not.
3: shit on my mouth from the hammock coin oh dear oh, oh my god is it what it's for five minutes we, we're, we're allowed to do this no it's fine it's fine it's fine
2: it's fine i i, I can't yeah you said I, john mcafee right and yeah. not john Mackey. <laughs> is that like <laughs> who, who i also saw i just want to i yeah. just want to say that the Mac-Caffey. man who who uh, created whole foods has never murdered anyone that i know of I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he's a
3: nice guy, he's a hippie, but he yeah. he throws elbows in basketball. There's no question about oh, that. Is that That's true? Well. Uh the way that he describes it, um I spent a weekend on his ranch one once uh, hmm. a few years back. With like you know forty of my closest friends, yeah. it wasn't a, a, a big thing. And I was, am I supposed to talk about this? I'm not sure.
2: Anyways, um, <laughs> but uh, you could see. I love that that NDA was just finished by anyways. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Keep talking about it. Uh, no, I <laughs> <Matt laughs> Stormy Daniels. He's, he's <laughs> Welsh. totally
3: uh, in in all senses of the word, like the hippie capitalist, right? And part of the capitalist is just like come. He's a competitive bastard you yeah. can feel it and it's uh, one reason why he's actually kind of likable
2: uh we have booze though yeah for, what uh, is that um, face that you were just I, making i have never had and i'm not sure in the future i'll have it again uh-huh. um the booze is great there's one thing in it from wiggle it's called wiggle yeah, This is, I- uh, so i got so but there's about, a white rye and i've never had that uh-huh. and it was a bit it was a uh, bit, it's a bit little, it's a little oh, funky. A little standoffish. So yeah, a couple. No, of, but it's like, it's like drinking shitty wine, like after the first glass. I'm like, everything tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. Like this little take is amazing. I can after... tell with your hangover anyway? Dude, <laughs> I, I was so banged up last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I do I woke up in like New Jersey <laughs> with like, like, like an, in an Albanian guy's well, house. Before we forget. Before we forget. pass out on a jet ski. There's not even anywhere to lie down on it. I just So was, I was actually, I was actually going. I was actually on it. This is going to be good, it's gonna be good uh, before before we go too far. Let me just say
0: we've I, I've got a box at the office and I have to say we are backlogged. Like there is all sorts of alcohol, booze backlog. Yeah. At, at my office. And this is the problem. People, I, I, I love you and I appreciate you. But sending us boxes of alcohol, like I mean, boxes with multiple bottles. I carry these things from my office to the studio where we record me personally. Um, and it can be arduous. Are you complaining uh, about I am saying, the booze that yeah, the people saying, give us for free because it's yep, heavy? Yep, yep, I am. And I just want you to know. The <laughs> laziest fucker I've ever I just yeah, want yeah, you it. to know that a
3: it, booze it can
0: be challenged for me, challenging
2: for me. But at any rate. You know it's not heavy? Crypto. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> send me that. So send cryptocurrency. I'm we'll, pretty excited uh, about that. We'll send along them. the appropriate address.
2: You can give me some of those lame lame uh, altcoins, too. Like you know. You'll take those as well? I'll take anything. I don't have any. I just want a crypto wallet so I can say that I have one. Yeah, Hand, we'll take that not me but
0: we got this box it's uh some spirits made in pittsburgh uh, the box is is this wiggle is that what it wiggle. says oh, wiggle it? Maybe? w-i-g-l-e <laughs> maybe yeah i can't really tell um but we got this box there were five different bottles of white rye and
1: pennsylvania, all kinds of stuff
0: um, i don't know what Lightning. any of this stuff is it's pennsylvania
3: wheat whiskey there's uh, geneva i don't know what? yeah i don't know but in addition, it ain't gonna be but in addition
0: longer. to the alcohol, we also got these beautiful framed photos of one Carter page. <laughs> that's,
2: um, yeah, that's the can you explain that
0: for a second? <laughs> and, and I don't I don't know how to explain it. Um, one of the photos actually says big fan fellows, Hart Carter. It's not, in fact, sent by Carter Page. How do you um, know? Because there's a note from a gentleman by the name of Chris he says, "Keep up the good
2: work, dude." And enjoy I like. The like I would. It's more likely that Carter Page <laughs> would send us this shit than some a guy named Chris. To be honest, <laughs> Carter Page has nothing to do except for go on Chris uh, uh, Hayes' show and send us booze. Well, has, go they go they to the We the, the Fifth
1: uh, Instagram to see these photos. Of oh, they, they, is it on the Instagram? it oh, will be by then, i just, by
2: then. i hit my microphone with a tin cup full of rye
0: yeah we have Sorry. new cups so there there may be a lot of that um but no thank you thank you to chris um whose uh twitter handle is at r-u-d z-k-i rutski i guess I don't know. What's his name? But thanks Chris. Chris Rutsky? Yeah. Are Rutsky from Z-K-I. I only this know that a, that's his this Twitter handle. I don't know that that's his last name. So I feeling... know the first name is Chris. He didn't This he is didn't a Ruthenian,
3: I think. Yeah, I think this uh, is a yeah. OG Ruthenian. But
0: uh <laughs> we appreciate you Chris. Thank you for the uh thank you for the gift. We we do appreciate it. And um yeah, without further to do, maybe we should keep going with the thing. We
2: have further stuff to do.
0: Sometimes people say further to do because it's fun. No, they do. No, i just did i know but that's and other was, people
2: have done that it. was stupid <laughs> no
0: I, <laughs> uh, <geez>. sorry <laughs> grandpa
2: moynihan over there sorry i'm hung over yeah so moynihan in oh an, i got banged up last night <laughs> so you were also <laughs> traveling
0: though you were in uh iceland yeah yeah right? i was in iceland and, and you were
2: doing i was doing a story but I, which i you know i guess i'll talk about later but um i did go at the end to the Blue Lagoon, which I had been to a number of years ago, which has been modernized now. I've been as and well. And I want to thank Olaf. I'm not joking. I want to thank Olaf for getting us in when there was there was no tickets. Is he that guy that we had on the phone once when like, I was in, in Greece? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I don't know. I talked to people out on the front and they tell him what. Is that a Greek? Accent? It's like a, it was lot, a, lot, a lot, lot guy. Yeah, <laughs> like perfect strangers. I think that was the show with what's his name, Bronson Pinchot. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Love mm-hmm. Is there, are there, is there news to talk about? Because I don't care. We can news. talk about whatever. There
0: is news. But before we get to the news... Okay. What? Sorry. Because there's there's plenty of news. Yeah, we yeah. should talk about all, all sorts of things. The The trade wars that are going on. Ugh, the, yeah. the forthcoming meeting between the dotard and Rocketman. That is a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. So we have to talk about that. But first... <laughs> this over the weekend i saw this damn uh quincy jones interview in vulture and i hadn't seen it no, it's like three so weeks ago like it's again. old but i don't care no one told me that ivanka trump had been dating quincy jones it's clearly untrue yeah you yeah. don't think it's true
2: Not dude he thinks ringo's a, a bad drummer he's the guy, that's, he, the says guy is like, he says they're he terrible paul McCartney terrible is, musicians is the worst basis he ever seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, at quincy that point Jones has seen
0: a lot of basis
2: yeah paul mccartney's a really good basis by the way that's just listen to the bass on rain the single from 1966, very good. No, so you're saying,
0: 66. so you're saying Quincy Jones is alive?
2: Like, no, he's clearly mentally ill. And there's <laughs> like, I love Quincy Jones, and I love some of the weird stuff that he did. I mean, he even, I think he even signed and put out uh, New Order in the 80s on that that album. Technique was actually a Quincy really? Jones kind of production. Yeah, it was on his record label. Um, and he's great. He's amazing. I but love it. He's, he's But I think he's lost it. No, it was. It's like you
3: know, people were talking about Sam Nunberg this week, like the media ethics of, of putting yeah. some like twelfth string rando on uh, on uh, cable news. To which we should a,
0: we should talk about that too.
3: Uh, we're talking about it now. Good. You know, at the, the time, and space, yeah. <laughs> uh, continuum here. Uh, I think is totally fine to on Sam Nunberg, but like Quincy Jones at some point in that interview. It was like, uh, you know what? You got a, a crazy person who's 97 years old yeah. or something right now. And he's yeah. talking. Cra- it was it's the most entertaining Q&A. Absolutely. In like two or three years. You're
0: telling me that
2: none of what I read, I should believe. I would think that that's probably about right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not none that you read, but I mean, I, he's like, you know, random. Ivanka Trump. Yeah, I dated her. Like, what? No, you didn't. You maybe were at a dinner for the one time. And I don't think he went on a date. I think he dated not dated her. It's he, different than, he also said Marlon Brando had been fucking
0: Richard Pryor and Marvin Gaye.
3: That's actually true.
0: Well. So how do you I, know? I, I, well, but, Richard. Well, Richard. Richard. <laughs> well, no. Richard Pryor's, Pryor's wife.
2: W- 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 yeah. We w- seem to confirm that. But um, there was some pushback.
0: So how can how come the Ivanka thing? How do we know it's not true?
2: I don't think any of it's true. I mean, seriously, Ivanka Trump dated Quincy Jones just doesn't pass the smell test. Oh, right? no. I mean, especially when after what is like... what does he have that she needs? Yeah. that, oh, that d. wow <laughs> wow okay i don't know i'm just gonna unplug I mean, your these, mic the q <laughs> yeah the q's
0: got
2: the,
0: the d <laughs> q's, <laughs> is, q's got the d just, that d this yeah is, this is that off. d well that that's what i meant yeah, yeah I we're, just, we're off to a very strong start very off. strong this is, so, a, this so is maybe, a hot show speaking of that d <laughs> which platform are you get fucking kicked <laughs> off of next speaking of that d yeah Serious reset, though. North yeah. Korean, the North Korean leader is going to be meeting with President Trump. They, Possibly. they indicated that they would like to yeah. meet. And this is not the first time this has happened. Sounds They've wanted like, yeah. to meet with most presidents. Sure. Donald Trump, however, is not most presidents. His people say he's going to make a deal. But there seem to be a lot of mixed feelings uh, about whether or not this is a good idea, whether or not the United States is likely to get anything good out of this and whether or not this is actually something of profound consequence and if it is a profound consequence is it a consequence of donald trump beating the snot out of the north koreans on twitter is Mm. the twitter offensive Mm. to to thank for what might be a big deal from a foreign policy standpoint so one of the two of you perhaps might have a perspective on this i know you man wrote
2: something um and i uh, look i'll say first that i generally i generally agree with it that that you know, and I'll let Matt explain his own piece, but I guess the end of that piece is basically, you know, why not? Um, I have a slight caveat to the why not. Like, why, I mean, why not? Yes, and of course, they've been doing this for a long time. I mean, this is, there's nothing new uh, under under the sun or under the, you know, the, the father, too, <laughs> with both of them. Um, the day of the sun. So, I mean, there's nothing nothing strange or new about this. I mean, the North Koreans, is the game that they play. And essentially... We play a game, too. We turn the screws on them very tight, and now the sanctions... I think the sanctions are actually really biting now, and there's a lot of indication that that's actually happening, and they do want to, um, you know come to the table. And, mm-hmm. and, and kind the of sanctions
3: leave. have been bitten stronger since Trump came to office. Yeah, that's true, office, right, that's true. Partly because of his bluster. Yeah, uh, and I think
2: that that's, you know, there's and been...
3: all, partly also because of their response to it, which has been... Although, uh, although of early
0: on, the response to the bluster appeared to
2: be more test firing. Well, I mean, then, uh, but
3: that also encouraged the international community to, to, get to get tighten the it. noose more because, like, they, yeah. seem, they seem crazy.
2: I mean, that's. I think this is the great mistake of the current... Uh, leadership in North Korea is is to say that, that there's no limit to to what we can get away with uh-huh. because we're have been hostage taking for so long and you just, we have you have a gun to your head and there is a limit you know there's a, and these sanctions are really biting and they the international community's response has been pretty harsh and i think that that's another reason that you know kim jong un is going to waddle towards the table uh, potentially in a, in, in a month Or in a couple of weeks Or whatever it might be Well I don't
0: I don't doubt That they'll rescind The offer to come It's, It sounds like Sometime mm-hmm. in the next two months President Trump Is
2: supposed to go there Yeah that's And that's um, It's usually Bill Richardson That you send um, fire, <laughs> And he's like Not doing it I actually spoke to Bill Richardson On the phone Like a <laughs> yeah. month ago Didn't we do that With Jimmy Carter once too yeah, Jimmy Carter has been Bill Clinton has been Bill Clinton's gone After the fact
0: Yes af- After they were in office yeah. Not yeah. while yeah. they were in Madeline office Albright, Madeline Albright yeah. Actually went yeah. Before
2: Clinton When yeah. he was
0: offered an invitation while he was in office.
2: Yeah, but the, um, I, I think the thing that Did anyone other me, than
0: Dennis Rodman go? like in, in uh, Well, I
2: have a uh, very good friend and somebody you, both of you also uh-huh. know, Sean Ray Nameless, and I'll show you a picture of him somewhere in the, in the in the, in the if we do a break, um, who is one of the few Americans who actually met Kim Jong-un uh-huh. and is a great uh, photo of, of them shaking hands. And um, I cannot tell his story, which is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my life. And I'll just put it this way. It involves... So much drinking That There was almost Like an international incident But Kim Jong-un Like laughed it off Just can, put it that way I mean why I, Why can't I, I, Well you can't tell this well, story I don't want to tell, tell his story I don't know That's why okay, I don't know you may he have can. to get him over here But I'll so just I'll put, oh, The one thing I'll say about it Is that uh, Apparently every time You put your cup down Your glass down Yeah your 80-pound crystal uh, whiskey glass, someone kind of materializes from the ceiling and makes sure it's filled to the very, very top with Johnny Walker Black. Mm-hmm. And they just like look at you and wait for you to drink it. And it just created a mess. Sounds kind of like the fifth column. Yeah, it's kinda like that. <laughs> but with Crazy Dictator. But, with, but I would say dictators. before Matt before Matt talks about his column, I would say uh-huh. I will say that the the thing that does worry me is the thing that everybody who knows Donald Trump says, uh-huh. and I, is that you know the last person to talk to, to, talk to Donald Trump is the one that has uh, the upper hand, and he he will do whatever the last person you knows. Like a, when I was interviewing Ann Coulter for this documentary, she said something like he's he's like a couch picking up, it's like sitting on a couch <laughs> picking up lint or something. She had this great kind of funny line about it, but it's true. So he's very he's a very bad negotiator. Mm-hmm. He's I mean it's an amazing that his brand is based on this myth of negotiation. He's not only not a good negotiator, he's a bad negotiator. So getting him in a room, you want to make sure that he's in a room with the right people because mm-hmm. I fear that he will get rolled by these people who have been doing the very same thing. Their entire foreign policy is one thing. It's the only thing that the collective brains of North Korea are focused on when they look outside in the outside world despite despite stuff vis-à-vis China is This is our hostage situation. We shoot rockets into into space and into the Sea of Japan, and you give us things. And this is how it's always been. Uh And they know what they're doing here. Donald Trump uh, is, you know, he will, the the type of guy that will sit down with Xi Jinping and be like, what an amazing, amazing man. I wish we had more people like that in our government. Like, I fear that that little fat man can actually get, easy concessions from somebody who's not particularly good at negotiations. I mean, Xi Jinping rolled him pretty, rolled him pretty decisively. Yes. And I, and I Florida. wonder, yeah, I mean, and it's not Kim Jong-un necessarily that you worry about. There's uh, this sort of panel of flunkies that do most of this stuff when they go to South Korea. And when they, you know, even, you know, they, when they're in Pyongyang, they do all this sort of sitting across the table from each other. Uh, they're good at it. They That's the only, that's their livelihood. That's their business is threats and extracting money from foreign powers. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. And I worry that Donald Trump does not have the metal and the the those sinews of steel that you need to actually you know, get out of there without getting your ass handed to you.
0: Well, I I want to come back to that. But I mean, Matt, you you did write this piece. So perhaps you can give us a sense of your perspective. I I gather that you guys
2: agree a little bit on
0: on whether or not to take the meeting.
3: Moynihan uh, summed it up uh, uh, actually better than I wrote it, which is why the hell not. Um, I don't have any great expectation for it. Necessarily, um, partly because of who's doing it. Donald Trump is not particularly good at negotiating. Negotiating, and that might
2: answer your question of why not.
3: Um, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, but then, like, he is the president, so yeah, he's yeah. got to do something. Um, I one reason why I'm uh, more heartened by it, let's say, than where we were last August is that last August he was talking about, you know, if they keep doing this, we're going to unleash the fire and fury. That's where that. Phrase comes from of the full American arsenal on those people. And you knew back then that it was bluster, but bluster and nuclear weapons makes me a little bit anxious Mm -hmm. as a uh, increasingly old, uh, uh, pants sweater, quite, uh, quite a
0: bit of bluster as uh, well. I think he told the UN that he would totally destroy North Korea, uh, <laughs> and that it was uh, suicidal for Rocket Man to uh, continue all of his provocations.
3: Uh, I'm, I I differ with uh, Moynihan just on one point. It is true that the whoever talks to him last has a lot of influence, and and oftentimes the decisive influence. But I think that there has been a through line in Trump's diplomacy or approach, whatever diplomacy is a strong word for it, but his approach towards North Korea that has escaped a lot of attention because people just uh, throw up their hands and say, ah, Trump's crazy, um, uh-huh. which I think is, is an incomplete kind of answer, which is that, and this is really true on the, uh, uh, especially during the uh, Republican presidential convention season, uh, debate season, there was one uh, particularly in February 2016, they just tested some rocket and what was her name, Martha Raddatz or whatever, uh, had all the Republicans assembled. And most people were still competitive in February 2016. And she's like, she's let it off. Like, okay, they just fired a rocket. Who um, among you is willing to take out a preemptive strike on the launch pad of North Korea firing a missile? Basically uh, doing a thing that they would end up doing, you know, how many times already in the Trump presidency? And you know, it was uh they're all it was like Horseshack. I mean, it was like me, me here, like raising their hand. Is that what a would do? Yeah, he would do that, right? Yeah, that's a Horseshack. Yeah, that's thing. a Horseshack. Yeah. Uh, it suddenly it's had kind of,
2: an, kind of an old reference.
3: Lost, but, lost, lost yeah. my confidence in yeah. 70s references here. Hanging out <laughs> with Gillespie too much. But uh uh it so I mean Jeb Bush is like, yeah, you know what, sometimes you gotta just do that to kind of you know restore your credibility. And and John Kasich was, you know, yeah, we needed to effect regime change, all this kind of stuff. Not Trump. Trump yeah. out of all that crew. Um, consistently and also... On <laughs> no
2: AR-15s, uh, uh, but we, let's bomb North Korea. Uh, he,
3: he was <laughs> like, by no, he, he was, he's like, I, we should actually rule out using a first strike here. And this is a problem that needs no, to be... No, I was talking s- about
2: Kasich, by the way, you know, but, you know anyway, continue, yes, continue, Sorry,
3: just to be clear. Um, but uh, that this is primarily a problem that needs to be solved locally. Um, and, and so uh, that plus... A strategic instability or, like, bluster, right. um, which he was conscious of. I mean, while he was getting rolled by Xi Jinping in Florida, he sees that whole trip as he totally won it because— uh, during that trip that's when they uh, lobbed missiles onto a Syrian airfield and uh, according to the reporting of it he sort of like came back into the room and was like oh yeah you know I just did a thing yeah because uh, he wanted to seem like he was a crazy guy and yeah, they just yeah. dropped the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan so he wanted to establish blustery Donald Trump um, in the service of this is a local thing however here's the problem with even my Rosy scenario of all of this um I mean the the solution to all of this lies with North Korea and South Korea talking to each other, maybe with China and Japan uh, involved in the conversation and the U.S. because we have people there, but ultimately it's them and not us. And that's a healthy place to get to. However, Donald Trump has a good instinct about them and not us, but he's also has the most shallow three-year-old's like vain ego and he's already you know uh, smelling his own farts on this he was talking to reporters before the announcement on thursday saying you know just wait to wait to to see what this announcement is and i hope you give me all the credit like uh yeah. it was saying this ahead of time so i'm afraid that he's going to personalize this uh to an extent um that is not going to be following up on the i think good instinct of like hey Cool. You need to sort this out yourself. I'll be the crazy uncle over here doing this um, to wind it up um, in this process, which will likely end in the, you know, the scenario of uh, of us, get you know, giving or allowing for commerce to go in there, then making promises and then reneging on those promises. That's the most likely scenario by far. Sure. Um, I mean, that's here. what's
0: happened before.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, during that period of time, there's not going to be a lot of bluster and nuclear missile tests and threats and all this kind of stuff. It'll be a good four or five months. And if there's a 5% chance that something crazy good happens to that, that's better than the last 25 years, Mm -hmm. frankly. Um, and I, and I have a hard time seeing how it is tangibly worse than what we already
2: have. Well, provided that we don't, um, you know, offer a lot of, um, concessions that end up really strengthening the position of Kim Jong-un in his own country. Uh, number one, I mean, look, it's, it's a complete fantasy. It's the, the, the idea that these sanctions will buckle the regime and that there'll be some sort of uprising. Uh-huh. That just doesn't—North Korea is a very, very different animal in that way for a number of reasons, a lot of which are obvious. But, I mean, it's funny that Donald Trump said that during that Martha Raddatz foreign policy debate. And, you know, we we give him some measure of credit for that and then realize in the conversation we're having that he hasn't followed his own advice. I mean, remember during the Day of the Sun parade last year and there's going to be a big announcement and it turned out to be the opening of an apartment block, by the way, which is quite funny. Yeah. And like the battle group Vincennes was actually charging towards the Korean Peninsula and now we're flying B 52 flights, closest we've ever been, et cetera. It's so, I mean, there's a lot of muscle flexing. I mean, it's not, he's never handled this and this is of course what happens when when the reality of washington hits you in the face and everything that you say during the campaign goes out the window let them handle it, it sounded great in a kind of you know Rand Paulish sort of way and then what happens is that like i'm going to go to pyongyang it's like well if it's a local issue why don't you just back off Doesn't and something- let not let, 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 let you know let prime minister abe take care of it let let uh, you know the south korean state but he's i mean the man is is an Ego maniacal narcissistic fool who realize he thinks that he's a superhero and that he can go in there and I've been insulting this little fat boy for a long time then I'm gonna go charm him and he'll get rolled and the whole idea of America's walking it back I mean look I mean, what the Rand Pauls of the world the Ron Pauls of the world would say. Okay, yeah. Get everybody out of out of South Korea then. Get all those troops, all those, you know, that American Air Force paid everything out of South Korea. Nothing has changed. I mean, it's if anything it's been mil, more sort of blustery when it comes to mil, military uh, solution than we've ever seen we haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe maybe <clears throat> they I mean they sound a bit like
0: um two two leaders who are made for each other. I mean, the Trump administration yeah, sure. has a pretty great reputation of saying they'll do one thing and doing an entirely different thing or making all sorts of promises about what's likely to come, the tapes that they have of a a previous conversation with a former head of of an intelligence organization in Washington, D.C., tapes that never materialized. Just
3: take the last three days prior to the announcement of what rex tillerson was saying mike pence was saying uh-huh. about the possibility of meeting with north Korea, like ah, it's not gonna happen yeah, yeah. They, they would have to do it x y and c and then but like that was tuesday yeah, and yeah. wednesday and then Thursday, like oh yeah we're totally well, this
2: trump is- literally in between like bites of a filet of fish is like let's do it Just seems and to like, like changes, walks. seems to have changed like his like a, mind he's like morning jet ski <laughs> yeah, yeah. so
0: here's the thing Stormy. you guys <laughs> mentioned him in potentially getting rolled in north korea yeah, yeah. it if anything when i look at the recent meetings, the high profile White House meetings that the president has sat in on to show that he's very serious. I think back to the DACA meeting, the immigration meeting that was supposed to yield some results where he made an agreement in the room and, of course, reneged on it within Within eight hours. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, It is amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it is a little racist. That's fine, though. I'll allow it. (laughs) Um, And and also the gun um, summits that he's had at the White House, which, again, have not led to much of anything. What does it mean for the president to go to North Korea to have a conversation where he kind of agrees? Well, you to can't. Things you can do that to, you can do
2: that to Nancy Pelosi. Uh-huh. You can't do that to the North Korean. Of course, he can. Well, he can try. I mean, but he can. I, I, I mean, he can try. <laughs> I mean, but you. I mean, it's not. It's just not going to be him in the room. Yeah, and it's like it's. It reminds me of Reykjavik when like the, all of Reagan's people at Reykjavik in '86, I think it was. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sit down with Gorbachev and he offered to trade away all of America's, oh, or, I'm sorry. Uh, Gorbachev offered to give up all of Russia's nukes and whatever if they would just, you know, say no to Star Wars. And Reagan was like, "Yeah, let's give up all the nukes." And they said, "All these advisors, like, what is he doing? Uh-huh. What is going on?" They can't, they couldn't keep him on the chain. And it was like, and then, you know, of course, that ended in a, in, a, in a weird way. It's a really interesting story, but I worry about him doing these things. And you know, it's very different in front of the TV cameras and Nancy Pelosi's there and CNN's there, or behind closed doors in North Korea. I mean, look. One of the things, and again, back to the the thing in that Martha Raddatz, you know, we had somebody who's a brilliant person who I interviewed uh, last year uh, in, a, in a fantastic interview uh, in his office uh, at Brookings is Victor Cha. Mm-hmm. who was going to be our ambassador to South Korea. And he wrote a fantastic book. called What it was, called was, the, the, was going to be? Yeah, it was going to Past be. Past Then the, 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 the Impossible State, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And I think I might have mentioned it in the podcast before, but he, he backed out. Because he was like, you know, there. I don't believe in this kind of first strike thing these guys are talking about. And it's funny, the one person on stage then was saying, like, said
1: rule it yeah, out." Yeah, let's rule
2: Trump. it out. And and now uh, Victor Cha, he's like a brilliant guy, and you know, he's been to North Korea. has written a book about North Korea. He's from a, I, I believe, a Korean family I think from from Seoul. Um, and knows his stuff back to front and is a very measured guy and really understands their instincts and their games that they play. And he was like, all right, I'll do it, you know, I'll do it. And then as this rhetoric ramped up, he's like, this is fucking crazy. I can't, he wrote a really good piece about it mm-hmm. uh, for the Washington Post. It's like, you can't get good people. And I guess the pivot in a way to the Nunberg stuff is that it's, I, and a lot of people have said, well, Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing. But he's going to surround himself with the best experts that money can buy. That's what he does. He's a fantastic businessman. He f- surrounds himself with m- sycophants and idiots. Now, yeah, he there's, surrounds there's himself with anyone willing to work with At this point, anyone willing to work with them. That's yeah, right. Every
3: time that I've gone to Washington recently, which is like once a month, mm-hmm. I end up meeting people who say, oh, I would have been working at the administration. It would, not you know, like not deputy secretary of state level, but some decent level. Of a job at whatever kind of uh, uh, department, and couldn't do it because they wrote one tweet that was negative about Trump in September, October. Yeah. They're like, you know, sorry, you were you kind of rough on him back then. So he demands this kind of loyalty, yeah, sure. and particularly in foreign policy, where that's most likely to come. Um, there's a whole. There's an entire bench of people who might, you know, figure out, eh, maybe we can work with this guy a little bit or I'd be happy to try to influence policy in this direction. They're just off the table because they might have criticized him once before. And that's just. A yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, back. it
2: seems that that he was grabbing people from the Fox bench. Uh, you started with grabbing people. And yeah, I know what yeah. Like, yeah, you just, yeah grabbing you, them from the Fox <laughs> bench. Did yeah.
3: you see this this uh, uh, broke his, uh, our acquaintance swin? Um, uh, over uh, at at uh, at the Beast, but his uh, the uh, <laughs> Camille's not going to be good you know, an hour <laughs> from now. We're going to have to wrap this one up. Go ahead, this is gonna be quick.
2: This is going to be Ben Dreyfus. Good.
3: ahead. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: <laughs> ben Dreyfus meets Cat Tim Amazing in hell. Uh, uh, know uh, that uh, Trump this week had dinner with uh, Sebastian Gorka and Jesse Waters uh, from Fox uh, because something like quote wow. he likes to watch them on TV. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Really? really broke today.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sebastian Gorka, by the way, um, I found is blocked me on Twitter. He yeah, blocked. Yeah. Oh wait. Right. So uh, welcome to the club. What did you do? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. We tried to interview him one time, and he wrote back through an intermediary and said, uh, Vice News, fake news, no, fake news. And it's like, so our foreign policy establishment is one, like, slightly chubby Hungarian with weird Nazi ties uh, who has a a fake British accent. Like, who is this guy? He's like a a guy that you would see at, like, a a convention buying Confederate memorabilia or something (laughs) is now, like, this is a man. Like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So he's a half. Before
3: we uh, end on uh, North Korea, I want to ask uh, Michael a thing, um, uh, because I see this a lot in pushback on my point of view yeah. um, on this, which is the why the hell not kind of point of view. Sure. E- Eli Lake, who's been on this podcast a couple of times and is mm-hmm. listening right now. Hey, Eli. Fuck off, man. Just oh, kidding. Wow. Just kidding. No, come on. Wow. Uh, no, Eli wrote a good piece for Bloomberg today. Uh, and he says in this is, quote, unless Trump comes to these talks to negotiate the terms of Kim Jong-un's surrender and abdication, the cost America will pay in legitimizing the warden of the Korean prison state will outweigh whatever empty promises yeah, are offered. I that was the... really
2: like Eli a lot. Um, uh, I disagree with that a lot. I, I really disagree with that. In the sense that you don't look, you don't legitimize. That's the word. I, I don't to, like that. The word
3: "legitimize" is used uh, in a loosey goosey way all yeah. the time yeah. by yeah. everybody about everything. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, there a regime like that doesn't have any legitimacy. I mean, just by its very nature, it doesn't have legitimacy because it doesn't have legitimacy of the people, right? So, what? How is one legitimizing a country or a leader if you go and talk to them trying to? get concessions from them when but they are bullying people in the neighborhood. Is it of I no consequence when the
0: president of the United States shows up in North Korea to meet with the the sovereign leader of this place? I, it, it, at least domestically I is that not beneficial I, to him? A, a country I mean,
3: with whom we're still at war? Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, we don't kind of recognize
0: like them. No. We he doesn't come to we're us. A peace treaty. We go to him. Yeah. Is that is that useful to him not. at home?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, but look, I mean the North Korean propaganda apparatus i mean sure. there's one television station yeah there's well, I, mean, I think there's actually two but one television station really there's rodong simong the newspaper and then like one army paper and a couple of other ones and if you look at the volume and the shrill uh uh nature of north korean propaganda getting an american president to sit down with kim jong-un is not going to be something that it's going to be trumpeted on the on the front page of every you know of the one paper and of the it'll be played ad infinitum on television. But what the Koreans are told mm-hmm. is so crazy anyway. Of like what the concessions they get from the U.S., what the U.S. is sort of bending around, the great leaders do, like, finger. Like, this is believe stuff, right? I mean, there's no other source of information. I mean, there are people that are sca- – you talk to North Korean defectors about this, and they say that, look, majority of people actually just believe this stuff. But, but what a- and I don't believe mm-hmm. that – Him showing up Mm -hmm. is going to be a a hell of a lot different internally for internal consumption than the stuff that people of the great feats of strength that Kim Jong-un is performing on a day-to-day basis anyway, if they believe that stuff. And I would also say this, uh, I mean, legitimizing, it's like when you... The the legitimization that happened in 1938 at Munich was not that Neville Chamberlain met with Adolf Hitler. It was that Neville Chamberlain gave away the farm to Adolf Hitler, including
3: Uh people who were not at the table,
2: who were not at the table. Yeah. And that's you know, that is the the Czechs have a lot to say about that. I think that's a that's a fair point.
0: I'm also thinking, though, about the recent experience with the Olympics. And the kind of media coverage that we were seeing of North and South Korea during the Olympics, that having a sister who's there that's throwing shade at the vice president of the United States is kind of enough for you to be engaged in a charm offensive and get rather favorable coverage from Western media outlets. Lester Holt, who was completely castigated for his like going on the propaganda tour with his North Korean minders and giving this rather favorable report of his experience there North Korea hey not as bad as you suspect yeah when donald trump goes there donald trump has a tendency to to want to put his arms around you to smile wide to to spread his legs and kind of lean in you guys are like best friends I can already see oh. the photographs oh. of Donald Trump now that sitting you, next to- now that you
3: put it th- He's gonna go to that amusement park, isn't he? Yeah. I
0: mean, it, and, and he doesn't, all you need to do, all you need to do is gonna license him. that
2: fucking water park. Yeah, all you need
0: to <laughs> it, do is flatter yeah. him. Look at all of the photos oh no, oh of no, Donald Trump. They're gonna, Trump have, they're gonna have the yeah. traffic girls. No, no, look at he's all the photos of the Dennis Rodman, girls, yeah. Dennis Rodman on his trips talking to the Supreme leader, like leaned in, huge laughs, Does that matter? Like, and I—the only difference is is Dennis Rodman is like a little
2: bit smarter than Donald Trump. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Super, super good rebounder. I don't don't know if that's true.
0: I've seen the—I've seen the footage of them together on The Apprentice. No, no, I'm not saying
2: Celebrity Apprentice. He's very smart. I think to answer my
3: question, (laughs) the tool of legitimization is much more about who you accept in your state dinners in your White House. By by the way, next uh, month, the first foreign dignitary to be feted by Donald Trump for a state
2: dinner. What's that? Who who is the first leader?
3: Emmanuel Macron. It was, yeah, or it
1: is, yeah, it's, it uh, is. It's it's, it's it is coming. coming, right? It's
3: coming in April. Um, I think I uh, this one. Uh, um, I mean, when we look back with and shudder in horror. At some of the mistakes that were made in terms of legitimization during the Cold War, we think about Ceaușescu meeting the meeting, Queen. And,
2: and, and, and Jimmy Carter, getting a very nice reception from Jimmy Carter. Uh,
3: in fairness to them, a little bit, Ceaușescu had kind of broken it from broke the Soviet or yeah. whatever. Uh, but still, he was an evil and awful uh, dictator, and I yeah. will bring him up later on in the program, I swear. Uh, so, But it's that. It's it's who do we... It's when Donald Trump says that Duterte in the Philippines but is that, great, see, that's, that's legitimization. So, so that's, that's what I,
2: well, I I think Eli's right about that and I think that's the worry is that I mean Trump is such a simpleton about these things and he's Precisely so easy right. he's it's easy to snow him in like two minutes right and so I can see him walking out and be like you know what he's a good guy I like we had a good good time <laughs> I mean, he's he, a good he, leader he's
0: already called him a smart cookie he's a
2: smart cookie that was during during cookie. the uh, campaign no he's a he's a man who likes cookies <laughs> he is a fat bastard so
3: over or under you know a coin toss is Trump going to make a comment about his haircut when he's next to him? Yeah, i will make yeah. some,
2: some hilarious... he tw- probably tweet about it. Yeah. He does, he, he'll find out that Twitter's blocked and uh, Pyongyang, even yeah. for him. So that'll be tough. I, but um, anyway. I don't I don't know that it'll get rolled.
0: Um, I definitely expect some really awkward photos, presuming this meeting ever happens. It is entirely it might, possible that this thing never materializes. It, um, it, it very well might And, not, and yeah. I, I think, you know, perhaps a transition from there, we have these new muscular tariffs that were signed um, earlier this week, these tariffs that have um, helped to create new vacancies at the White House uh, yeah. that have- And are getting had, less muscular by the day. Less by the muscular by the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last week, the Donald was on Twitter talking about how trade wars are good. Yeah, trade wars are yeah. good. They're fine. Um, easy easy to win. As he, easy to win. As he signs this, as he signs this new tariff, which is explicitly adopted, utilizing the power that the executive branch has mm-hmm. to make these tariffs on the basis of national, national security. security. Yeah, right. Um, he is now saying um first that Canada and Mexico are exempted from this, which is very important because Canada in particular
2: is a major major trade partner, temporarily while they're while and they're the, renegotiating. And, and where after. we get most of our non-American steel. Two, yes. Two thirds of American steel comes from America comes from, comes from and China. 2% sure. of it, 2% mm-hmm. comes, comes from, from China. China. Right. 2%. So, and this is this
0: is aimed already, at China. Already he's carved them out. He said explicitly that he's going to, he's open to making deals with everyone that folks should just reach out. Obviously, I know in the room there's broad <laughs> agreement about yeah. the virtues of free trade. Yes. We don't necessarily need to explain that to folks. Um, if they don't understand, perhaps we can get into a little bit of it. But- even more than that, um, I think, is the question of how consequential this is likely to be if the president seems to be rope doping perhaps everyone with this thing, perhaps trying to bludgeon folks into giving him a better deal on NAFTA. 25% on steel,
3: deal 10% cases. on aluminum, or if it's vice versa, I always forget. Mm. Um, that's uh, Those are large numbers, and, um, and they will provoke... Uh, EU retaliation.
0: They've and, already threatened the reta- retaliation. Yeah. yeah, they
3: will retaliate. Peanut butter. Uh, if, I mean, if in fact they yeah. stand, aspirin yeah. is aspirin is going to be more expensive. I mean, so many different things that we consume and don't think of as being part of this are are going to be more expensive as a result. And also, by the way,
2: I mean, you know, it's also going to. He's going to have to have a conversation with the WTO about this too. I mean, this. Is, I mean, we just well, there start.
3: is, but there is a, a pretty strong uh, exemption available when countries claim. National, National security. security. Well, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. But this is and the WTO. Is, I mean, yes. it's 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 an organization that they, doesn't it, actually have any teeth. No, it doesn't. But but it doesn't have you know sharp teeth in any way. But it's a useful organization, also. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Which Trump would love to see disband. Would love to see disbanded.
2: <laughs> you know, every there's there are a few things that a, that amongst like academic economists there is a consensus on. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. Yeah, and I will point. um I'll, I'll tweet it because I haven't tweeted in a long time. But I'll tweet it uh, that the University of Chicago. Uh, has a website where they give economists an issue, and uh, the, I think it's a couple of years ago they, get, they did a free trade one, and there's economists from Princeton, Harvard, you know, UC Davis, all over. They just list them all down. And the
3: and the purpose is to see where the consensus is it, or it, where it, the disputes are exactly.
2: Yeah. And it's and and it's and it's sort of broad based. I mean, there's people from all kind of um, ideological backgrounds, and the uh, there's one on free trade, and I'll, I'll post it in which. The question is, you know, the benefits of trade outweigh the negatives, you know, agree or disagree, basically. Um, the number of people, the, the percentage of people who disagree with that constant was zero percent. There's strongly agree, strongly. I mean, that and, and agree, but disagree was zero percent. So it's. It's amazing, Crazy. and I will I'll post it. It's a completely stunning uh, number, and it's it, it, Donald Trump is on the wrong side of every economist working in America. No, nope, that's not
3: true. That's not true. Well, there's <laughs> <because laughs> yeah, no, but I have yeah. the exception right yeah. here. Uh, it's a hot breaking news. Where's more typewriter uh, sound here? A uh, quote <laughs> from Peter uh, Navarro, a person who is in the administration. Yeah, literally
0: he's the 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 president's like chief economic advisor at this point by default. By By default. default,
3: Literally, he's (laughs) in there because Jared Kushner, when he was trying to to build out his China portfolio, because let's recall, among the other things that Jared Kushner is in charge of is uh, kind of uh, within the White House's U.S. China policy, U.S. Mexico policy. uh, And then there's some Middle East East peace process in addition to government innovation, some other kind of stuff. Uh, So he went looking and he and he Googled like. China uh, and something. And he got this guy, Peter Navarro, who wrote a book called <laughs> Death by China. Death by China. Yeah. Death by China yeah. is the serious book that this economist said. Yeah. So uh, DBC.
2: In, great book. In uh, <laughs> In a Bloomberg piece that ran today. So and again,
3: of- we're taping here on Friday evening. This came out in the afternoon. This is a quote. It's the best. This is the president's vision, said Peter Navarro. My function really as an economist is to try to provide the underlying analytics that confirm his
2: intuition. That's great. And his intuition <laughs> is always right. That's great. <laughs> By the way, you're not an economist. If you oh. say things like that. That's- he <laughs> is the 1%. You lose My the economist. My fucking God. That's yeah. amazing.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. No that that is the person. That's beautiful. Let's be totally fucking clear about yeah, this. Yeah, This is the person who. This is the economist yeah. who has more influence on the presidents of the United States right now than any other person who calls himself an economist.
2: You know one of the most am- far most amazing things I've seen in, uh, uh, in this and is I really uh, I can't remember he used to call it the strange new respect. You know, when when the other party is uh, in power and all of a sudden these issues. But it's incredible when
3: someone's safely dead. Yeah, yeah. William F. Buckley five years after he's dead.
2: And I love um, I love the fact that um, all of these people who are not free traders, who are on the kind of Sanders Trump, I would say more on the Sanders end of these things, who are now singing the virtues and, uh, and praises of free trade that I've seen, like, you know, there is a, like a podcast that I was listening to very mainstream kind of journalists, all like scoffing. Can you believe that these people hate free trade, which is so the efficacy of free trade and the benefits are so obvious. Yes, sir. You're, you're all right. I appreciate that. You're right. But it's amazing that when Donald Trump, um, is doing what he's doing, and 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 loathes free trade, and is a mercantilist and a protectionist. Then all of a sudden, everybody's on the other side. Unbelievable,
3: Robert Reich. I was watching on uh, on MSNBC or something the other day, and they're getting his uh, position on the trade. I'm like, all right, you know, this guy is a democratic socialist, yeah. and you know, the Bernie Sanders literally has said he would not retroactively mm-hmm. uh, vote for any single trade deal that the United States has signed on to since World War II. Uh huh. That's the extent nothing. of nothing.
2: <laughs> not one
1: <laughs> really strong impersonation yeah, it's there. getting better yeah
3: uh so i'm thinking reich is going to be singing that and he will he like came out sounding like a reason columnist so he, but yeah. so this it's is amazing this, this is yeah. this is
0: perhaps the most important thing uh, i think in this in this whole area uh, of policy when it comes to economic policy it's waste the that. trump, it's so the, trump <laughs> the trump administration the trump administration is where am i is taking on its own party and ignoring all of their recommendations. Foster Brooks. <laughs> ignoring all of their recommendations not to impose these new tariffs, does it anyways. Um, some Republicans seem to be turning tail on this. Plenty of other Republicans have voiced strong opposition to this. But strong. is this a situation where you actually can't rely on either party yes. to be strenuously in support of free trade? Of or does Donald Trump taking these positions? Force a Democrats back back. to push back against these positions. I hope so. Even a Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders type folks to retreat from these positions in favor of the more mainstream. Well, you see the response. Economist perspective. You on see the issues.
2: Sanders type response already. right? Yeah, I mean, which it's is like, I, which is I the, like. The instinct and the prescription is wrong. I don't know what that means. I have I, no idea what that means. because that's the prescription for things that Sanders has said is not s- signing free trade deals and imposing tariffs on on our allies and our our trading partners. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about this that he doesn't like. I don't. The reason I don't like it is because it's bunk economics. I mean, he. I mean, when when you hear somebody talking about a silly trade deficits that they clearly don't even understand what that means. Sure, I mean it's it's pretty clear that Donald Trump does not know what that means. Yeah. And the way he talks about it it's fairly clear that he doesn't know what that means. But it's it's an astonishing thing to to watch people who were once kind of reliable on this issue particularly on the right having sort of muted responses because it used to be that this was a, the Republican Party was a party of free trade despite the fact that its constituents didn't necessarily agree with them, right? I mean that's was the the, the tale of the 2000s 16 election is that republicans don't actually believe in republican principles republican voters don't mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly true and so all of these guys who are desperately trying to keep their jobs? Number one, from their by their own constituents, and number two, too, trying to keep in the good graces of the man who's wrested control of the Republican Party, are now offering if they criticize it at all, yeah, these kind tepid of criticisms. tepid criticisms. Yeah. Like, I mean, Paul Ryan, like Mister Free Trader, you know, objects to Donald Trump. But did he object in a forceful, strenuous way? Not that I saw.
3: Jeff Flake, who's on his way out and therefore has uh, eaten the truth serum, is uh, going to uh, propose a law kind of uh, uh, overturning this in some way or is going to try to. But the thing is, this goes against 40 years or whatever your number is of congressional abdication on trade deals and everything else besides. And so uh, Congress has given – I mean, Congress has the ability constitutionally – To get in there, and this is part of what they should be doing, but Mm -hmm. they've been giving that uh, authority to the president for a long time now, so their tool kit is gone. I would. I mean, I would, is, it, is
0: there, do you think there's actually much they could do on this particular issue with the president claiming that this is a national security priority?
3: I think the national security thing is going to be challenged in the courts, and that'll be interesting to see. They could actually sue him on that. They uh-huh. won't, but yeah. that'd be funny to do. Uh, they, but
2: what is, the, what is the, I mean, I of course, like so section 232. Yeah, but what is the actual argument from uh, the, from uh, the Trump uh, administration? Yeah. Have they, because have I haven't seen <laughs> this. Have they been forced think, to make an argument? I think if they, they were were haven't been forced, forced to, to make an it's that. Planes are made of aluminum. No,
0: that the president says is look, steel is steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a quote, direct can't, can't quote. Can't steel is steel a yeah. and you don't have a country if you don't have steel.
3: Is it,
2: what is the Donald list Trump of we all, have steel. All the yeah. things. <laughs> no, we, still. we got a lot of steel. What is the we list <laughs> of all the stuff that We still have a country even if we bought all of our steel from China. Do we still that's just you know. <laughs> Let me uh, uh
3: here's the way uh, in addition to the material damage that this is going is doing already to the economy okay. to, to Americans individually but um, like a lot of other things with Trump like you have to measure the short-term impact. Usually there's not much because usually he doesn't actually do anything. He just yeah. talks bullshit. Yeah, this, exactly this he's actually doing something and it, and it sucks. But also the long-term thing normally is how is he changing public opinion or affecting it True. in a way- On these issues. On on this and other issues. And, uh-huh. and here's an, a, a poll that was taken and the wording for sure is a little bit leading. This is Quinnipiac, uh, and I'm hopefully mispronouncing that. Uh, oh, that's right. From earlier uh, this week. Question, as you may know, President Trump has said that a trade war would be good for the United States and could be easily won. Do you agree or disagree with this statement?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: OK, it's pretty strong, but whatever. Republicans, 67 percent right. agree.
0: Right, Tribalism.
3: 67 yeah. percent. But they don't agree. even know
0: what they're agreeing to. Yeah, exactly. All they know is the Democrats, only thing Democrats, 90
3: percent disagree, which is heartening, although it's just knee-jerk opposition. Yeah. And, and, uh, and what it gives me some hope is that the independents... Ah, seventy-one percent disagree, and only nineteen percent agree. Yeah, but uh, that's just. I mean, this is already happening in twenty sixteen. Pew had a a more robust poll looking at attitudes about trade, uh-huh. and it was the first time that they had seen um, that a that it was a clear distinction between Republicans and Democrats on their uh, attitudes towards uh, free trade. Where Republicans were the ones most against it. This was, I think, yeah. uh, very much. Uh, Um, a product of Trump popularizing the issue, running Uh on this issue and winning on this issue. And they're like, fuck it, I'm with him. Yeah, I just, I I
0: can't, I don't know if if we had another Republican president, right? And it wasn't Donald Trump and the position switched back to the traditional conservative position. They were in favor of trade and trying to avoid (laughs) trade wars. But if they did, I don't know that voters' perspective on that issue would be rigid. I suspect that it would- be pretty fluid. I I don't know that most people, when they get those kind of poll questions, are actually changing their minds in any sort of fundamental ways. And I won't say it's not consequential. It matters when the, the folks in the corridors of power, or at least the folks who are it at um, a place like heritage or something are actually changing their own perspectives um, and starting to write in a different way about these things. The intelligentsia yeah. that, that can be problematic and that I do see happening as well. Um, but that also seems like the sort of thing that could be subject to change even more quickly than say public opinion on
3: perhaps this. but we're living in this uh, nationalist populist moment yeah, uh, and worldwide it's not just Donald Trump and so you
0: think that the actual embrace of these ideas the is embrace and also seeing the ideas
3: like uh, be fought for and to a degree one in the public sphere uh, excites people and kind of reinforces that uh, i think uh, I'm, I'm conjecturizing that it does mm-hmm. and so um you know in in some ways that Gives at least a little bit of kind of context for behavior like at the Republican convention in 2016 when Ryan Priebus, who back then was the chairman of the party, said from the stage and Donald Trump is going to punish American companies for leaving and yes. opening uh, factories in Mexico, which is a, a statement that was nowhere to be found in any kind of Republican convention for what, 40 years before that, 50 yeah, years sure. before that? That was inconceivable
2: it's, before. It's, it's, but by but, the way, but it's,
0: inconceivable, inconceivable for what reason? Not it,
2: because the voters yeah. would have hated the it and rallied against is, it. You know, I don't, I don't want to oversell it, but it is a great line. <laughs> and it's a great line for one reason, is that when I was talking to people and uh, I was at the United Steelworkers headquarters and these guys were pretty interesting because they, of course, hated Hillary Clinton and they were all Sanders supporters and ultimately Trump supporters, too. Um, but they, you know, hated TPP. Everyone just, they all had the same rote lines. Oh, it's a gold standards. They destroy Hillary. She said it was a gold standard, etc. NAFTA was the worst thing that ever happened to, to American business. Um, and they, when I asked them why, here's the formulation. Every single person said the same thing. And this is why it's a winner of a line. We have a CEO of X company whether if it's Carrier or whatever, who makes, including bonuses, $80 million last year. Mm-hmm. My guys on the line have to strike for blah, blah, blah. These guys all make pretty good money, by the way. Um, they just don't make $80 million. And they're sending these factories down to Mexico because of greed. That's the thing. Because the economics of this stuff is complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And is there are there some people that do that for, quote, unquote, greed and greed only? Well, that's kind of hard to quantify. But... The way people see it is that they make, everyone said the same thing. They make, you know, $3 a day. Those are slave wages, like not in Mexico. They're not, not with, you know, that's people aren't getting paid money where they can't live. They're, people are lining up to get these, I of totally these jobs. I
3: totally made $3 a day.
2: Yeah, I know. Fraud. And when you were working in Mexico um, at <laughs> a factory, but the, 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 the way it's thought about is so simple. It's that this guy, if he just got a, took a salary cut, they could keep these factory jobs here. They live. Everyone literally believes that. And that if these fat cats weren't making all this money, that, you know, we could make better wages if, you know, they don't even want to pay us the wages they pay us now, which are shit. And so, therefore, they send the factory <clears throat> to Mexico where these guys make nothing. Yeah. And there should be an import tariff once that American product is built over there and brought back to America. This is a very compelling argument to people. It is a very stupid economic argument on almost every way, but economics is hard. It's very, very, very. It's no. It's no. It's no surprise to me that most eighteen-year-olds are Marxists, of course, and they go to college and they say, oh, "Share everything." Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. Let's we explain are, it. It's hard. We are in free in, trade is hard. In an interesting it's moment. Hard in to which advocate
3: for. Yeah, there isn't, uh, and we've talked about it before on mm-hmm. in terms of actual deficits, government deficits. There is no major party that even gives lip service to this stuff anymore. Right. They're both like, whatever, Doesn't which, matter. which. Uh, so those I, deficits don't matter. Trade deficits somehow do, yeah. even though uh, from a lot of reasons they they don't or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um And so now that sense of uh, of a uh, kind of a bedrock of of some politicians or some people in the party defending free trade, that's also gone. We're in a really I weird position. I don't know of
0: having I don't know of having duplicitous supporters of policy that you actually believe in like free trade for example is actually good for you i don't know if it's a good idea i don't know that if it's a i don't know if it's a good idea to have republicans who support those policies in name only but who in actual fact continue to support cutting taxes without actually reducing spending and in fact growing deficits if they are doing that while talking about free markets they there's, actually discredit a, the policies that they're advocating a, for.
3: That, that, that's that's a, a, a worthwhile point. Jeremy Lot wrote a book uh, about eight years ago, nine years ago. I I forget what it was called, but something along the lines of you know hipo- you know the importance of hypocrisy, hmm. where is you will miss it when it's gone. You will miss the lip service. When people stop stop giving it altogether, hmm. because then that idea kind of vanishes. It is the tribute that virtue vice pays to virtue, or whatever that mm-hmm. that that like you feel some sense of shame. When that sense of shame is removed, um, that is a weird place, and uh, and we're kind of going there in this. We have a two party system, and so it, it's really hard for it to change in uh, like an external. A definitional kind of way, sure. but internally it does. And internally, I think we're seeing huge changes in the parties in ways yeah. that we haven't really grappled. Yeah.
2: And I think that when this bites um, in the pocketbook, um, then we'll see this shift back in a way. Because what I mean, you know, what people don't understand about about trade and trade wars that are quote unquote easy to win, how did we start talking about aluminum and steel? And then I saw a headline the other day that the EU is going to put tariffs on American peanut butter coming into Europe. Yeah. You see how this stuff casts Davidson. And that in this, it could hurt people's jobs and it's going to, you know, uh, American jobs, it's going to make things more expensive. When I ask these guys, like, you know, screw the, the these Chinese imports, screw these Mexican imports. Where do you guys shop? We all shop at Walmart. Everyone shops at Walmart. Where does that stuff come from? I don't know. Who fucking knows? You know, it's it's weird. These like, you know, Donald Trump, this is an incredible thing during the campaign, but he didn't even if he knew this, he didn't care because he was speaking to a bigger audience. He'd go to a place like Iowa and say, we need to stop this unfair competition of people dumping agricultural goods that are so much cheaper in Mexico. And these farmers are sitting there going. Motherfucker, we export like 60% of our stuff to Mexico and to other countries. Please open Cuba so we can actually sell our wares in a poor communist country. It's 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 the ag states who are going to hurt the most out of all this stuff. And people are so dopey. And I don't know if Donald, even if he did understand this, it doesn't matter if you piss those people off. Because you're speaking to Americans and saying, yeah, it's really unfair. This word dumping. You remember this became a – in vogue as as a in, in the popular culture in like the 90s you mm-hmm. know? i mean it's been a, a term in trade for a long time but it's like you know they're dumping cheap steel on the market they're dumping cheap
3: polish X. and czech steel yeah, uh, in the early 90s and yeah. this made me a free market or a free trade zealot at the time to see the word dumping being used yeah. by the united states of america by so my free fat friends yeah. and family members and you're not fat family members but you got friends, a couple of fatties I, in your I'm, I'm, I'm fatty right here like <laughs> I'm looking right at you buddy <laughs> yeah um I mean my name actually in the, my family is fat my sister still calls me fat wow hi Kathy Jeez. um but Kath. uh Uh, No, to see like, hey, please change your economies, go through this really, you know, um, uh, hard biting, you know, shock therapy, as it was called in Poland, accurately so, uh, even internally, do all this, go this way, have your elections, impose these kind of uh, hardships uh, temporarily that America would never, ever allow itself to go through. Like unemployment going from 3% to 14% in like that, right? A whole bunch of stuff like that. Suddenly, everything is so much more expensive after all of this. What do you get hit with? An anti-dumping thing because because your steel is is unacceptably cheap. It's like screw you. Are you even
2: kidding? It, it's amazing and to see uh, Wilbur Ross uh, with his cans of uh, you know what schlitz <laughs> and like <laughs> I can't remember if that was like a nitrous can it's or it's something. A camel suit.
3: Camel suit. It'd be sweet if you just totally start doing to yeah it, whippets on oh, like, like it's CNBC. It's only going to
2: cost five cents more. It's Kramer,
3: like, where's Kramer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's the thing about that. Seeing that he said something. I can't remember the actual number he gave. He said, come on, stop your whinging, stop stop your whining. It's only going to increase the cost of a car of $150 or something like that, which is the most hilarious thing for this rich trump administration official to say but this is the type of argument that people make on both sides which is so dumb Mm. is they don't realize the tightness of margins and how those things affect economies the difference between you know minimum wage of like well come on it's like two bucks more it's like yeah actually has a huge effect on things and all of a sudden you're ordering a hamburger from a machine sure sure. and it's like all of a sudden it's just two bucks 150 dollars more for a car really that's not a big deal It's not a big deal. And you don't see how the ripple effects of it, every single industry that needs to use, you know, steel, aluminum, et et cetera, is going to be paying more, not paying less. And it's not it. Also, by the way, we export steel. mm -hmm. Right. So when we're exporting less steel, what's going to happen to the cost of American steel to make up for the loss in exports? Hmm. It's going to go up. Right? This stuff happens. These are basic economic concepts that are missed by people who don't understand the basics of anything. And that's the problem with with Donald Trump, is that the guy, he'll figure it out. No, there's actually, no. No, I'm tired of him trying to figure it out because he's not good enough to figure it out. And he's such a sociopath, and he's so like close to being on the edge. You can only get guys like drunken lunatics like Sam Nunberg and people like Wilbur Ross. Well, I mean, there's no real professionals anywhere that will work with this guy. Well, let's take a step back from
0: the, from the tariff stuff. And I, I'm in broad agreement with you guys. Um, I also... Again, because of the carve outs that have already been made, if temporarily for now, um, and I the carve outs that he's promised are at least available to folks to negotiate. Just
3: temporary in two countries. We'll, it ain't much. We'll see. But we'll as, see. You, as you said it's earlier, the most you,
0: consequential ones. I mean, the other the other most consequential one is um, South Korea. Yeah, um, I, I I don't have any that, that reason to believe. Annu-
3: <laughs> did you know that like the guy when he was coming out making the announcement in the uh-huh. White House lawn? he was like, oh, yeah, we're also uh, this. You know, this having a tariff little meeting thing on the side. We've got to fix that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So my and expectation way, yeah, is that to, a lot of that will get dropped out.
2: But, you know, to, to your point earlier is that, you know, you know, if these car votes happen. As you said earlier, you can't trust the guy. Like, the next day, he's going to be uh-huh. like, I didn't mean that. This is the rope dope it, It's like, it's, but rope-a-dope was a style that was really thought through. <laughs> it I totally think, was. I think it like, was effective, Yeah, actually. it's like, I'm going to fight George Foreman win, in Zaire, and I'm going to yeah. get my ass kicked for the bit He's rope-a-doping
0: gonna, himself, perhaps. Yeah, he doesn't even know he's rope-a-doping. Which is, which is the thing. So let's let's talk about a different sort it's of rope Robodope. dope dope um, Back-channeling. Um, but back-channeling Stormy Daniels. Which Oof. it is yeah. astonishing to Dear me. God. That's good, right? Yeah, it was you, good. Just, you got what I did there. Yeah, I did. You see it? Yeah. It's yeah. It. Gone. Just yeah. Got it. So Stormy Daniels. Um, this scandal was supposed to be a big deal like two months ago when the story first broke in January of this year, when the Wall Street Journal, who they were the first to report that sometime in late 2016, before mm-hmm. the election, um, payment of $130,000 had been made to Stormy Daniels. that is her porn name. I don't know her real name. Um, Stephanie Clifford. Stephanie Clifford. Stormy Clifford. (laughs) Stephanie, Stormy Daniels Clifford. Um, was received $130,000 in hunch money because hunch money? she hush money, I said, <laughs> because she had been carrying on some sort of affair with the president of the United States. He was not the president. Um, God what? Damn it. Well, the now president of yeah. the United States back then, he was not. And this this affair yeah. happened in what? Just to be clear, 2000... he was at
2: the time he was a game
0: show host. Yeah, but, but the affair happened in like 2006. Right. Yeah. His his right wife those... had just had their son. Um. So this was a man who was in need. And in order to fulfill his oh, needs, wow he went and oh, found that's where you went with that. Daniels. I really
2: thought Never I really thought you like wrong? this is a man that was a joke. really
1: made a more like that was no, a joke. I, no. That
2: was a joke that By the that's, way, that's
1: Camille is most empathetic. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna say I wanna say to all
2: of you listening out there, one person in particular, <laughs> Camille just had a baby. <laughs> I
1: don't
2: know who you're talking to. I listen, these aren't my problems. This isn't my
0: life. Telegram- I'm not paying anybody Telegram- hundred and thirty
2: thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. But but at any rate cheap actually. But at any rate, this <laughs> this news broke in like January. One thought that it might have repercussions. It barely, barely. registered in the news cycle. I don't know, know what was happening that week. Um, It was something probably Mueller, Russia in, investigation related. It didn't register. Yeah. Even the conservatives, the religious rights, who obviously are on the president's side on most things, were saying, you know, God knows why. God forgives. God forgives and you know, you shouldn't have sex with porn stars because apparently they want porn stars to be unemployed. You shouldn't have sex with porn stars, but if you do, God forgives. It's very kind and generous of them. However, (laughs) as, as time has gone on, Somewhere around the middle of February.
3: We should always make sure that the setups for <laughs> porn star stuff yeah. happens in the second half of the show when yeah. Camille's <laughs> had more than two drinks yeah. and it's just it's yeah. never gonna end well. Sorry, his yeah.
2: marriage. Stormy McDaniel we
0: is one of my favorite actresses. <laughs> I, and I can... My my Google my history on my browser is filled with Stormy Daniels searches. Yeah. Um but yeah. none of them and actually the, and, go to Pornhub. And, and, and I assure you. I am yeah. I am not interested.
2: Oh, your history not interested. was there and then you found out about the scam. <laughs> Wow. But here's here's the thing. Right? Black, so sun, the,
0: the concern the concern that started to emerge was whether or not the Trump administ- the Trump campaign or Trump himself had used campaign monies to pay this woman off. There was actually a complaint lodged with the FEC. That complaint led Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, um, to come out with a statement and it was a Really oddly worded statement initially. Um, at least one that people had to wonder about the wording of this statement, which seemed to suggest that he took money from his own pocket to pay this woman without any knowledge of his client, Mr. Trump, um, or anyone else on the campaign. It was totally his money. (laughs) He paid her and they signed they entered into an NDA.
2: He's such a good Samaritan. Yeah. I go around paying porn stars. And out of my own pocket, he was Here's never reimbursed. His, yeah. his
0: original statement said he was never reimbursed by the campaign or the Trumps. And case closed, I did it. Nothing to see here. Um, it seemed like this might go away because even after that, this didn't really catch fire. This didn't mm-hmm. catch fire until earlier this week when Miss Stormy Daniels, who has been leveraging the bit of attention that she's been getting. Good for to her. Hilt. Now, I don't know if she's doing actual performances or just appearances as strip clubs. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, fully performing. clothed no, appearances. She's not. She's performing? Yeah. She's Dear performing. Lord. No, well, I... Why would anyone want to? I don't know. Okay. At it's any so... rate, Stormy Daniels? Could... Hell yes. Um, Hell yes. So she's God. leveraging, Storm she's leveraging age. all of this. And now it seems to be percolating uh, okay, a little bit percolate. in the ether. All your verb choices have been terrible. Is percolating not good here? The story is percolating. You're Go on.
2: Per- uh, it is percoceting. Go ahead. So yeah. I'm
0: asking you gentlemen, yes. because I've seen A great deal of coverage about this in recent days. Finally, people are paying attention to this super salacious story, which I thought people would care about. Um, Michelle Goldberg, um, as well, is is one of those people who says this is something of consequence now. Um, Is it consequential? Is this story important? Is this something that Americans ought to be paying attention to? The campaign finance situation could certainly be significant if, in Mm. fact, this ever ends up in court. And it's not obvious that it will. Um, but what are your what's your take on this, John? Any oh, any dear. take whatsoever? Um
2: no takes. No I I, I uh I understand. Look
0: I, I, Yes, of course it should be a news. I mean, this is an i I'm not saying—I'm not asking whether or not it should be news. I'm
2: asking yeah. if it's consequential. Uh, it could be consequential. It could be consequential. I mean, one would have thought that this was consequential, and this is the thing that nobody can quite put their finger on of uh-huh. why this is not, like, metastasized. Because, you know, the—, the Dog the, the, bites the, man. That's yeah, fine. dog bites man. But at the same uh-huh. time, the, the uh, press in general, one could say reasonably that not the biggest fan of the president— Quite hostile to him. I'm surprised, fair, but I I think it's also it's a function of the reporting on it. It's really hard to report on it. There's not a lot you can do. I mean, Stormy Daniels is herself holding a lot of this close to her rather ample chest, and so um, I don't know if she's getting a book out of it, and she's trying to figure out if she can talk, and maybe will sue the president now? Is that yeah, like first breaking the... That, there's a right.
3: folding box of like yeah, NDAs and... Yeah, because and, uh, yeah, NDAs are two-way Private streets. arbitration yeah. you know, right. settlements and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Her, and then, Her
0: claim at this point is that because Mr. Kong came out and actually... Confirmed. S- specifically confirmed that he was engaged in this agreement and paid the money um, to her directly, that 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 is a violation of the NDA. Well, no, it invalidates it. it, It, Right. Because
2: the agreement for her, according to her lawyers, uh was that it was between her and Donald Trump and not between her and and uh, Michael Cohen. Right. And I think or that's... David Dennison, Or guess. David Dennison was the name. Yeah, David Dennison. <laughs> what the was guy. the name that he
3: would use when he would call up People Magazine and the tabloids oh, in the I early 90s. Donald Trump. John Barron. John, John, Barron. Barron. John Barron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he named his kid <laughs> yeah. Barron. Yeah. That's so healthy.
2: <laughs> Pinky Tuscadero. He's like, yeah, it's good. We'll use that I mean, one. the thing I can't...
3: This I, the, 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 the doesn't necessarily affect the newsworthiness or the import of the story, mm-hmm. but like... The basic kind of like scenario, the the profile mm-hmm. of who this person is. Stormy Daniels or Donald Trump? Donald Trump. Okay. We knew in 1990 yeah, that he was a guy who would call up the tabloids to brag about his sexual prowess, cheating on his wife yeah, with like hotties. Uh, and he would do it under a pseudonym. Yeah. We knew that that's the guy that he was. There was no... Lack of disclosure about this fact about this is the and that he would have Michael Cohen's who just look at him for crying out loud he just looks like someone who is going to be disbarred any minute now yeah. from any
2: just uh, c- he looks like a shyster yeah,
3: club let alone a, an actual kind of uh, state bar mm-hmm. of of associates it's just a like bagman it's sort of uh, consorting with mobsters all this kind of stuff that Trump has always done this vulgar vulgar, really vulgar man. All of this was totally known, it was totally out there. There is zero surprising. This is why the story hasn't resonated. It is so unsurprising that he paid hush money to a porn star about an affair that they had uh, right prior, not the affair, but the hush money right prior to the election, and be like, yeah, whatever, we priced that one in. Um, that is astonishing to me. Uh,
2: that yeah, that, it's not like the reaction to to John Edwards or something, and people like I mean, you look at right, John, John Edwards. Edwards
0: who gave a mil, who received a million dollars between two campaign donors and effectively used that money to pay to keep. His mistress, who was pregnant with his love child, Riel um, Hunter, yeah, like sort of wow. held up while wow. wow.
2: his wife was dying of cancer, right. Um real class uh, act. Real class act. Yeah. And I think there was some, like if you look at him, he looks like a politician. He looks like a bullshit artist. Mm-hmm. But he also just looks like a politician. Also, I mean, the first also one is totally probably, beat those charges. He did. Well, he's, he's a, <laughs> the, he, the the first one is sort of more powerful than the second one that he just looks like a politician. And people were legitimately shocked. And to Matt's point, like and this is not shocking to anyone from the Howard Stern appearances to grab him by the pussy to the fact that he owned Miss World or Miss Universe or whatever. Or
3: his interview with the New York Post, uh, Andrea Peiser, I think Pizer, it was, yeah. uh, at the exact same time, right? So um, uh, Milani had just given birth to Baron uh-huh. uh, to uh, drop a word, and he was like, oh, you know what, she hasn't lost her, or her baby way yet, so uh, you know, but the most wow. important Did
2: he say thing, that? Yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Yeah. No, it's a
3: disgusting Oof. it's a yeah. disgusting Oof. interview. And, He's just a
2: rat bear. And, and, he,
3: and he also <laughs> brags about, and this will resonate with you in a way that it didn't when i brought this up like nine months ago he bragged about like yeah fifth kid i've still never changed a single diaper that's awful yeah see look at that he didn't (laughs) give a shit he didn't give a shit nine months ago roll tape you didn't give a shit well
0: no because some of the some of the best moments that i have with my daughter is where (laughs) i pick her up when she's been crying yeah she she just she just and it was loud at this point when we hear it like we run to her because it's almost always a blowout of some sort there's (laughs) poop like in her hair all over the onesie and i go to change her diaper and and she she looks at me yeah no do you dress her in the fifth column onesie no it doesn't say the fifth column on it if it did i might dress her in it it says something else
3: what's
0: this say oh yeah camille Mm -hmm. 2020 yeah that's exactly right right. i can't put her in that that puts that out in the ether um but one supporter but my daughter but my daughter while i'm changing that that diaper filled with shit will look up at me and she will just give me the most wonderful smile and yeah, just don't trust that from he
2: and just be like <laughs> whose is this get him out of here why is it shitting on me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's sad that's sad no I mean, but but it's it like it's the same thing that everyone said over and over and over and it bears repeating because i think it is important that if there's any other presidential candidate but was like by the way I was fucking this porn star who used to hit me with a copy of a Forbes magazine on my ass, and then I just paid her off before the election. You guys cool? Mm-hmm. Like that would be a problem. So the man, <laughs> like, is, was, the man just,
0: is Teflon, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. So when, when, when you're, a man, when you're a man
2: of such low moral character, yeah, that you're given credit for, like you know. Um, you know, letting somebody go in front of you, like to get on, get off the subway while you're getting on or something, these small things become major moral victories. I mean, he's so low on that kind of moral totem pole that, that, I mean, this stuff barely registers in anything that's just kind of normal behavior. People are impressed by it's kind of like remember when van Jones after the things like that was the it's the day he became a president. It's like, mm. no, he read a fucking canned speech, dude. Like in and, and next day, he's going to like oh, shock you and horrify you again. And that's exactly what happens. Like we give him credit for putting a sentence together. Not, right? not we. Yeah. Yeah. Not we.
3: The one thing that is uh, possibly scandal worthy in this, and I can't rise myself up enough to really care, is that if there's this with Stormy Daniels, yeah, he's probably, there's probably another one. Right, of course there is. If well, he, No, I mean, this is Steve Bannon
0: in uh, Fire and Fury actually is quoted as saying that there were hundreds of women who received
3: payoffs. So that must have been uh, a, oh, I, I hear the voice of God. It, like, you said
1: it was about a hundred.
2: About 100. Hey,
1: so like okay, he's full sorry. of shit, so I it's overstated. not gonna be
2: 100, but there's gonna be. Cut it in half. 50 still impressive. 25 still a impressive.
1: It was a part of the campaign machinery, no yeah, doubt. Yeah,
0: apparently, right. apparently in Stormy's case, this was a little different because Stormy seemingly had some sort of videos or images of some sort. Um, oh, oh, and no, Stormy had no, already, God, no. she was in the process of giving the story to some folks. CNN or someone else had reported that someone at Fox News um, already had this story um, and that it got jesse squashed waters. um not jesse waters um and it got squashed but there was she was shopping this around uh, aggressively and is shopping that, this that, around that fox squashed that i i don't know i wouldn't surprise me yeah but, i don't but, know I'd, but, I'd, it was reported by either cnn or the times i'm sure i could find it if i went and looked now
2: um but at any rate been, it's very un-murdoch in, in one sense <laughs> is that Rupert murdoch will always. Uh, publish something provided it makes him a ton of money, <laughs> no yeah. matter well, what the politics of it. I mean, this I w- guess, I guess Fox has become such a political machine that that that, that wouldn't surprise me. They Just go up.
3: look at Lou Dobbs's uh, Twitter feed. I mean, there isn't a single tweet that doesn't have at least three hashtag like MAGA, hashtag America <laughs> First, hashtag Trump Train. I Trump mean,
2: Train. Trump Train. He's got that as a hashtag. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the shittiest hashtag I've ever heard Trump Train. Trump Train.
3: <laughs> no Mexicans on it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, no, so I mean, if if Donald Trump had to pass a security clearance like Jared Kushner didn't. didn't. Um, He wouldn't. There's no way in hell. He's so blackmailable. uh,
0: That is totally racist. I mean, you said it and looked right at me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look at me. Wow. Well, (laughs) now there's so many different interpretations of that word.
0: I see that. Yeah. Um, All right. Before we get out of here, um, there was a, a gentleman, a former former Trump campaign associate, uh, an acolyte of Mr. Roger Stone. So when all of this was happening, it was difficult to know whether or not what we were witnessing was someone actually having um, an epic meltdown on television um, in media appearance after media appearance, which became increasingly um, contradictory of one another and Mm. difficult to disentangle um, Sam Nun- Nunberg um, is the is the gentleman's name. Had you ever heard of him before this happened? I had never heard of him yeah. before this happened. But, which you, is not hand? which yeah. is not unlike most of these things, the Papadopouloses of the world's and the Carter pages. These people who would never have actually risen to the level of being worth talking about um, in in national news. Um, but this gentleman, he had his more than 15 minutes. He had about nine and a half hours um, starting the day saying... "Is that the total airtime? Something like that. Wow. I don't know. It's, like it's not total airtime. That's at least sort of from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. That's, what, two appearances on CNN, one yeah. in the studio, one on the phone with Jake Tapper. MSNBC. There was like too. three appearances yeah. on MSNBC. He even made time to do an interview via phone with New York One. Yeah, he did a long one. I don't know one why you would yeah. do that. Um, yeah. During that one, he was badgering um, the, the, the press the president's press secretary um, called her called her fat fat. And fat, like a fat slob. She should really shut her mouth, he that said. in like another a instance. instance. Did he say pie
3: hole? Um,
0: yeah. I, I don't know. He, he said all sorts of crazy things. Like at the beginning of the day, you know, I support the president. Eventually, I hate the president. In the beginning of the day, he's speculating that I think they may have something on the president, not related to Russia, but perhaps something else. By the end of the day, it's they have something. They definitely have something. And all, all along the way, asking questions of the people who are interviewing, do you think I should cooperate with the Mueller investigation? I mean, mm. what do you think? Have you ever seen anyone else do this before? Mm. What do you think? Do you think they'll put me in jail? Do you, well, I don't know what to do. By the end of the day, he's telling the AP that he'll probably cooperate. Mm. The There's something that was pretty unseemly from my own standpoint, <clears throat> because it seemed like this was increasingly incoherent and that the guy seemed to be in a really bad spot. At a minimum, he's not actually... Giving you anything like news, he's just making a total fool of himself. That's news. That's news. I, is I suppose that's news,
2: it's but he also, also just al- doesn't
0: seem well. Is yeah, there, is well, there look, anything I, I, to be I, said
2: I, for I, like I, I, not having that no, person on your show? So. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think you have him on the show until he passes out in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I think it's news in almost every way. But I think it's a great window into the type of like charlatans and losers and like, you know, kind of grifters that became attached to the campaign in like, oh, he wasn't the biggest man in the campaign. It's like, yeah, you know, of course he wasn't, but let's put all of these people together. From uh, looking at this picture of Carter Page. (laughs) Camille is
3: is, uh, reshifting the Carter Page to uh, stare accusingly
2: at Michael. I I mean, like, do we put Carter Page on TV? Who's just like, he's like a moron. And it's like, yeah, these are people. That are, I mean, even the FSB trying to like recruit, like this guy's a moron, like the the Russian intelligence, like he's an idiot. Uh And I mean, this is a very consistent thing. You have a dumb president. I'm sorry, whatever you think of it, he's not a smart guy. He's just not. He doesn't. He's not a clever guy. And the people that are around him, Steve Bannon was the great intellectual because he, you know, was like knew some fascist thinkers, weirdly like Julius Evola. He's like reading weird stuff, and he's like. can talk about this stuff in a in kind of a pretentious way, and the rest of them. I mean, look at them, look at their they're they're like snake oil salesmen, and somehow they all got a track. They they all it's like a the Star Wars bar at CPAC. Basically, it's like every like fat loser who is like on the fringes of conservative world, but what a, like got what a, a job because like the real people wouldn't do it. So I think it's news in the sense of like look this guy who's in front of the the uh, to Robert Mueller. And is like getting subpoenaed and he's like, I got to cooperate to turn over this stuff. So I'm not going to do it like it is to watch him melt down in real time is interesting for a variety of reasons. Uh But it's newsworthy for a variety of reasons, too. But I think that the the biggest thing is that this is a guy. This is the type of guy that comes into this administration. But the window onto the Trump administration is
0: fair. I think that's a fair point. But there's also, I think, the reputation of these these media organizations that are supposed to be delivering the truth and the facts, and they're speaking truth to power and democracy dies in the darkness. The The notion that what they're actually providing when mm. they put him on and they tell you, this is a huge exclusive, this is a big deal. This is incredibly important. Actually it's not. No, it's, inter- and, and, it's entertainment. And, by, it's entertainment. And, and that's just it. It's, it's entertainment. And, I suspect that this is what plenty of people are actually interested in when it comes to time to digest their politics. But asking this man serious questions, treating him as though he is serious, um, and and for MSNBC in particular, no, no, no offense, Mac. I know you got a lot of friends over there. For MSNBC in particular, who have been all in on the Russian investigation to bring him in, and to, well, what do you think they have on the president? Are you kidding? He doesn't know anything. He doesn't yeah, know look, anything about anything. And, and there's one of, there, was one of there was one of two possibilities. There was one of two possibilities at the beginning of the day. Either this was some sort of Roger Stone inspired media op that he was running, which uh, uh, this is 4D chess. And as we pointed out, you in particular Moynihan on multiple occasions, it's not a thing. Um, sort of thing. Or the guy is totally batshit. In which case, if you bring him on, I don't. I don't
2: know that you do anything
0: except point that out well, and then usher him out of the I room. I don't. I don't think that it's either
2: or. I don't think it's either or. Maybe and not. I also think that when you say that, yeah, I mean, you're, you're pointing out on MSNBC, you're pointing out a bad question. I mean, cable news is all day is people asking bad and stupid true. questions of like, you know, they think they got anything. on. He doesn't know anything. What are you talking about? Well, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I I might, you know what? Maybe I'll ask that question too, because he knows Roger Stone. He knows people that are, you know, associated with the investigation who have been asked and questioned. Who knows? Yeah. DC's a leaky place and the guy's got a loose, loose lips. Maybe, maybe get something out of him. Yeah. Who knows? But a, at the same time is that, you know, this is. It is news for a variety of obvious reasons. I do not like this sense of, like, this poor guy's being exploited. He's, uh, look, he's not a smooth politician. He's not a guy that you would get out of the Obama administration, like, media trained. Certainly not that. And slick and can read, do that. Read his Facebook posts. I kind of. once ens- ones that got him fired. <laughs> yeah, I kind of enjoy seeing, like, this is what you get. We say, you know, not career politicians, it's not professionals. Hey guys, there's something to having a Victor Cha in the world who's like a career diplomat. Or you like, oh, these outsiders, these are the outsiders. Carter Page is like, these guys are outsiders and they're psychos. And I like, you know, I I was kind of annoyed at the CNN one because it was like, have you been drinking? Like, I watched that. He didn't sound drunk to me. No, no. She said she could smell it on him. Yeah. So maybe he had a drink before he came on. He's been, I'd be pretty stressed too. I'm going (laughs) this one to that one. But like, he doesn't need someone to hold his hand and tell him not to go on TV. Right. The guy, I mean, he's lucid enough and he's having a bad day. Yeah. You know what you do when you have a bad day? Stop fucking going on TV. Like you love it too much. You love the <laughs> so attention to it. It's is his own fault. Personal responsibility. He gave
3: argument. an interview at the end of the day to McKay Coppins, the Atlantic, who's mm-hmm. one of our better political reporters out there. And he's someone who absolutely burned McKay at some point. An, an early article that McKay had done. Um about Trump included a Nunberg and I think it led to Nunberg getting fired early on in uh, Trump's campaign. And so Nunberg reacted by spreading an absolutely bullshit story about McKay-Compens, which wasn't remotely true, but that McKay had to deal with. But And he's got kind of like a um a zen uh, uh dealing with this and he's maintaining a relationship with a mormon guy. um i didn't want to say mormon
2: yeah uh, zen is Mormon as zen's super mckay mormon. is That's a mormon is yeah, mormon as hell i don't know him but uh nice I know, guy I know interesting uh
3: yeah. guy anyways uh he has a very good piece about this where basically at the end of the day and i mean this uh not in the figurative uh, british sense but actually at the end of that day that was a long day for sam nunberg he talked to him and he's like high-fiving himself, Sam Nunberg. He's like, Roger Stone is his hero, right? So a political dirty trickster of just, can you throw a bomb over here and watch how uh, large it spreads into the atmosphere? Isn't that great?
2: Political trolling. It's like trolling before. Look at our beautiful
3: yeah. trolling that I did uh, did today. High-five. Isn't it great? Isn't it beautiful, splendiferous and whatever? This was on Monday. Mm-hmm. Today, as we're taping this on Friday, he... Testified in front of Mueller, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> because um, he didn't because he didn't want to go to prison.
1: The quote that he gave to McKay Coppins was that his intent for this whole stunt, which he claims was deliberate. Oh, so
0: it was a stunt.
1: You know, I I trust McKay's uh, reporting. Uh, he uh, the quote that he said, uh, uh, Nuremberg uh, gave him was to show Mueller that this whole thing is a joke and Mueller's an asshole.
2: Huh? Yeah, I, I don't know, I, know that he actually accomplished yeah, that I goal. Yeah, he didn't accomplish that. No, yeah. I don't
1: think he did, but yeah. that was his intention. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I also don't think it was a, it was a shit plan. Yeah, yeah. The ship
2: plan, if it's true. Yeah,
3: he, I think, said a lot of words to a lot of people that day, including yeah, yeah. to McKay Uh But he seemed, I think, he seemed happy with his overall performance. He didn't seem suicidal. He wasn't on a ledge. He was just being weird all day. The conundrum for uh, cable nets is similar to, to a much lesser degree um, or a different degree of what you do with Donald Trump giving campaign speeches, which they showed, I don't know what the numbers are, but I am confident in predicting that they showed raw Donald Trump speeches altogether more average than everybody else's raw speeches combined because they were more entertaining and people were interested and it was good for yeah, ratings. Yeah. Um, so you're right, Camille, that it is not democracy dies in darkness stuff at all. Mm-hmm. It is that we are in... The news related entertainment business, mm-hmm. and that's always been just a horrifying tension. Um, and the worst of them don't acknowledge that, yeah. Um, or sometimes the worst of them, you know, uh, still treat it all with some kind of high dudgeon and and kind of figure out their own way to justify it. Sam Nunberg is a, a like he's not an important person, mm-hmm. but he's also testifying, in, he's important enough to testify in front of the special. Uh, prosecutor in this case. So that's important. And Moynihan's totally right in that he's a window into this world. He's a window into world rando. Trump rando world is important for people to realize. Um, these people are like Peter Navarro, death to China guy. That guy yeah, has, yeah, yeah. that guy is affecting the global trading system as we speak. I'm with you. So, uh, and, yeah. And by the
2: way, when you talk uh, to, um the Breitbart people, Roger Stone in particular. I mean, Roger said I mean, spitting every time he opened his mouth about the generals, right? That's you know John Kelly, etc. Mattis, Gen- Mattis, the generals, the generals, and and who is the the uh, other person they hated more than anybody? Gary Cohen. That was like Wall Street, fucking Gary Goldman. Goldman you know, like they go crazy. About these about these people is a globalist? I mean, that was... and, and, and it's like the randos like hated. They love rando world. They love their kind of like, as I said before, like the CPAC Star Wars bar kind of types of conservatives that would, like hang around DC and God knows who they are. But they hated this this attempt at professional professionalization, and I think they hated it more than they hated. They sort of they hid behind this idea that it was like you know their their military background and what they believe about foreign policy is actually what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. No, it isn't. They they hated the fact that that was the co-opted Washington. They came in to bring their lumpy brigade of weirdos with like pockmarks on their faces and weird facial hair and like bizarro backgrounds and like ambling in like, you know, the 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 dirty dozen and you know, they all get fired pretty quickly because there's some people in there that are like, uh-uh, no way. They can't do this. And then and then on the other end, the most professional people are people that he saw on Fox. On um, one day, you're going to have somebody who's like an anti interventionist. And the next day, he's like, I don't know, I think I'm thinking about this John Bolton guy. Like, wait, there's no consistency. He's like, no, I saw him on Fox a lot. He was good. Yeah, Katie McFarland, I saw her on Fox. Look, like, get her in here and so like, Do something.
3: There was a... Uh, Axios had some reporting of a late January meeting between Peter Navarro and Gary Cohn, who were on opposite sides of this. Uh-huh. And it was the, the the one big heated meeting. Yeah, I saw that over
0: the weekend. These yeah.
3: uh, decisions. And what was striking to me reading it was that, uh, according to the reporting, again, uh, Trump at various time, times kept turning to Gary Cohn and said, ah, "I didn't realize you're such a globalist."
2: Really, I didn't see such that. a
3: globalist. Guy, like, yeah. oh, you're going, you're going globalist on me over here. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's one step removed from there to cuck. At this yeah. point, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I feel uh, the, uh, the voice, the Pakistan voice of God, wanted to come in about uh, Ann Coulter's globalist uh, tweet storm here. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, believe, I mean, I I made a comment on it. I think she was satirizing uh, what she perceived as hypersensitivity. Explain what uh, what you were. Ann Coulter discovered that people on the left consider globalist an anti-Semitic slur because it is used as an anti-Semitic slur by some people. It's not entirely that way, but. Uh so she decided to troll the libs by naming every Jew she knows, including Sandy Koufax and Jake Tapper, <laughs> as globalists. Um and so yeah, in the classic Ann Coulter fashion, it was just kind of a mean and asshole ish joke uh that really wasn't funny. Um but it it did make her point because it got it got it got the libs all angry. Yeah. It's still kind of funny. I, don't know, I haven't
2: seen the joke, but if you're bringing Sandy Koufax into this it, kind of, it could be kind of
3: funny. Um, every joke, it's just kind of the same thing as my uh, German uh, friend Axel, who you've met before, yeah. has uh, talked about uh, Hitler. Every Hitler joke is funny. Every Sandy Koufax joke I think is that's funny. true. I think yeah. that's true.
0: Well, we should probably punch out of here soon. Yeah. Um, I don't have an idiot that wrote anything this week. I, 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 um, can I, I say Mike, something about Mike, this? Michael
2: does. I don't. Can I say something about this? Yeah. A- about what? The idiot idiot, about... I just want to say just go a general ahead. statement about somebody that wrote this because it kind of falls off sometimes. And the reason it does, I've discovered why it does. Tell me. I don't even notice anymore. Yeah. It's so, the volume of idiocy. There's a lot of bad gotten things to, got, Has gotten, especially in the, the kingdom of, of wokedom, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I can't, every dumb tweet, I send 50 to people before I get out of bed in the morning, <laughs> scrolling through and I'm like, oh my, is that fucking real? Just it's on Barry talk. Weiss alone. Like, I mean, yeah. Oh my God! The, the about Barry that? Weiss
3: wars are I mean
2: unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cr- I mean I just we we'll get into my one. It.
3: Somebody wrote this, uh, and it's not even that uh, heartfelt or anything. But Farhad <laughs> Manju, who's one of the more irritating tech reporters to follow on Twitter, wrote a piece, and it was I've I've been reading this for twenty years. Of like, I quit all of the internet for for like two months and read newspapers. And boy, the newspapers are better and you should like uh, step back from social media. <laughs> the end. Right. And it was fine as far as I go. And obviously I didn't read the whole thing or even past the opening paragraph. Um, however, it was quickly <laughs> revealed that he spent that two months tweeting every fucking day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Just like he didn't give up social media even one little bit. Like yeah. he stopped so he, getting so he notifications on, on his, uh, like uh, Gmail or whatever. Wow.
1: Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. God, that's well, that was that's really sad. He took the notifications off. It's a huge God. sacrifice. How do you do it? It's a huge sacrifice. <laughs> what I was are you doing? I I didn't what have
0: some fine idiot. Job, I did job. I did want to... Is that
3: like Red Fox or is I, that Grady? That's I, Grady actually.
0: I think yeah. it's exhaustion. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, will shine, I will shine a bright a bright affirmative light on a Steven Pinker's piece uh, that was in The Guardian this week that the media exaggerates negative news and this distortion has yeah. consequences. I'm I, reading his book now. I commend the piece to you. I am also reading Enlightenment now. Enlightenment now, now yeah. Um, the the first chunk of it actually made me really, really happy and excited. There are a couple of moments though. I, I bumped into um, Stephen Pinker actually this week. Uh, and As you do. We're trying, to, we're trying to see if we can't wrangle him. In the Bramble where,
2: where? No, where? no. I was uh I was joke in DC that certain people will get from a super I was edge. in DC. It um, uh, was a cruising spot but in, uh, I mentioned Central
0: Park. I mentioned the Thanks. I mentioned the piece because um because there has been so much hand ringing related to social media in recent weeks and months because of Russia, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and, you know, it, it's so odd. Like there's been so much of it that I miss certain things. I missed um, the CEO of Salesforce.com, who is essentially the king of San Francisco, Mark Benioff, um, who suggested that Facebook should be regulated like a cigarette company. Yeah. Um, the, all of the negative news having consequences, all of the the coverage of the Russia investigation, in particular, the role of social media in hijacking our brains and addicting us, which yeah, this is a whole nother thing that we should talk about. At we some should point. do
2: like half an episode on this, because I think you and I might actually disagree. And I think I think it's like just a quick just so we, mm-hmm. can, we can test out this premise if we uh-huh. want to do this. But I think it's absolutely absurd of like you know, the addiction. And the of uh-huh. But I have really retreated from all of it. Mm-hmm. I barely ever tweet. Um, I I haven't been on Facebook in six months. Which I think longer. is
0: indicative of it not actually being addictive, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know I, I, <laughs> I any more I, than anything l- else. Look, I absolutely yeah. agree. That's I think that's silly. Yeah.
2: Um, but I do think it's I, I've gotten to the point where I think it's really poisonous. And like I come back once in a while and I see what happens to people like Barry, who's a friend of mine and i just i'm so disgusted by it that i just i just walk away i just I think we away.
0: we should we should do Not an to, extended uh, an extended conversation about it's that and a i one. that's i think I that's kind of different. a different lot of things i think yeah. that's actually different though because for, as in think as think much as real, we've seen that i, I think, think it's there, a real fucking sewer there there, there are awful really things turned. there but i don't know that that would that yeah. would lead you to believe that the appropriate thing for us to do is to start regulating facebook oh god no 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 to have the government or to have the government actually but there's
3: also how do we all turn it into a public approach these things, sure, and that's an important and interesting question. And I think that's
0: and a, I think that's a legitimate question. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> the negative, the negative yeah. coverage and the the general hysteria about all of this has actually the consequence. It's actually having is people talking about the necessity of regulation, and even where there isn't regulation, it's Facebook finding itself in the situation where you go to click a link, and suddenly they're editorializing and telling you, "I don't know if you want to share that." Before you share that, take a look at these three things. Um, I don't know if they should be doing that. I'm not sure that that actually makes these platforms better. Well, it's um, also
1: you know, Jeet here had his uh, epic uh, take on the new in the New Republic a couple of weeks ago, where he uh, wanted to. Uh, he had a modest proposal for banning Facebook two weeks before an election. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, like, that's ban- not a problem ban- Banning at all. all social media. And he even argued that I this wrote... is a good thing because legacy media outlets will benefit for it.
2: I wrote uh, a 45,000-word piece for um, the New Republic a long time ago about banning Jeet here <laughs> <laughs> before every election in the world. And uh, the way I figure it, there's always one going on. He's either going to <laughs> elect, like a local council election in Mozambique. Guy, let's fucking cut off the jeet here. He's going to have a tweet storm about the sriracha that he put on his eggs this morning. He's going to be here next week. That's good. He, That's not true. Be, No, God. it's not true. I just, uh, I like, is there anybody more here sitting?
0: <laughs> I, I will try to get him here, Ugh. but that's, that's all I had to say. Um, so some idiots are saying things, but Steven Picker wrote something rather good about this. And at some point, maybe we'll get to talk to him about his book. I'm yeah, watching.
2: I think that's a good thing. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be positive. Yeah. is my, my new thing. I'm going to do— We should still do— It's not going to last. No, it's not going to last. It's it's not going to last. last at all. I'm no. going to, like, really—I'm going to punch a homeless person when I walk out. So he's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just ask me for money. Hit him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, now, I, <laughs> and then he'll sue you, and yeah, it'll turn his life around. Yeah, it's he's going to be my Stormy Daniels. Um, <laughs> now, I'm going to so try to be positive. I'm going to try to be positive. And somebody wrote, <laughs> maybe— if I say that there's something a good, like you just, I'm just taking this inspiration from you uh-huh. that there's a good book that I'm reading, yeah, for instance, or a good podcast, which by the way, we are doing a podcast now. it's really hard to find new podcasts. Like I want like a, a recommendation machine like every this algorithm for everything on earth will somebody out there who has isn't as lazy as I am and smarter than I am make some system where I can get good podcasts that know like I, I'm not gonna search for a random guest but I come across like a CBC co- podcast with uh, with Congressional Stephen black caucus yeah <laughs> um, the Canadian yeah, <laughs> Cana- Cana- well that's all forget it. Um and like there's something there's something on like Steven Pinker on like something something like that Uh and I come across it randomly I came across some really interesting one the Stephen Fry Mm. who's like uh, talking about his bipolar like I I don't you find these things in this random place I always ask people yeah Give me good podcast. Well you're asking the right people now. I think yeah, the people who are listening will actually give you something. Oh, yeah, they're all gonna that. fucking send me shit about crypto. Plus Bitcoin, right? Man? Yeah, I don't I don't want your fucking podcast. I want your crypto. <laughs> send me kitty coins or whatever <laughs> the hell it is. He doesn't actually stormy know how to stormy coins everybody. I'm
0: gonna have to help coiny him set storms. up a wallet so he can receive I'm have the money. A coiny storms. So yeah.
2: moiny storms i think what we should do is yeah, an initial coin
0: offering yeah like a fifth column coin
2: yeah i think oh my
0: oh, god see fifth coin. Yeah. yeah yeah it's and i'm telling fifth you now coin. it's totally a scam like, total it, it, it's we're a not Ponzi even go- there's no algorithm there's no software coding no. prowess between us but we're going to offer 5th Column Coin. Dude, yeah. fifth send yeah. us your real money. Yeah. And we'll send you 5th Column Coin. We'll fake money. At some point.
2: We'll send you fiat currency. <laughs> it's backed up <laughs> by the gold that's in Camille's basement. Uh, Curly's I mean gold. Of, there's a little bit of gold in there. A little bit of gold in them, their basements um, in Bed-Stuy. All right.
0: I, all think, right, let's I go. think we've done enough. I'm tired. Goodbye. Um, bye. Bye.
1: We,
2: we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan
1: horse.